everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Cookie Kid Radio. The uh, the date is January the 12th, and Happy New Year. We've got a great show for you this week. Uh, from one of my all-time favorite movies, Clerks, we've got Brad O'Halloran, Marilyn Gigliotti, and Scott Schiaffo. Of course, Brad O'Halloran, of course, played Dante Hicks, uh, the main clerk in Clerks. Uh, his girlfriend, our old friend Marilyn Gigliotti, played Veronica. And Scott Schiaffo was the guy that played the Chulies rep. Uh, they kind of started that whole kind of like riot there in the middle of the, of the convenience store that resulted in them throwing cigarettes at, uh, at O'Halloran's character, Dante. Uh, a great, great movie. Uh, one of my all-time favorites. A very influential film in my life. Well, a film that I still quote all the time with my friends. And, and uh, a very special uh, time in independent cinema that kind of really, kind of started it all really uh, in terms of of, of giving, you know, a birth and a life and a voice to uh, people that previously did, they didn't have one. Um, and so very excited to bring you uh, those those three and getting a chance to sit down with them was a was a, a real, real treat. Joining me this week is, uh, of course, one of my awesome uh, co-hosts is Ashlyn Starbuck, cosplay extra- cosplayer extraordinaire. And we're going to go ahead and get her uh, on here here in, j- in just one second here. We had a great four days uh, at the uh, Marvel event. It was called the, the Marvel Marvelous New Year. Of course, if you tuned in last week, uh, you'll have heard uh, interviews that we did with Natalie Cox from Star Wars. And, of course, uh, the man himself, the great Stan Lee. And, man, Flash Gordon, the savior of the universe, Sam Jones. So if you missed last week, I implore you to... Uh, to tune into that. So, uh, so yeah, so it was a, a great time, a great way to ring in the new year. And we, uh, me and Ashlyn spent, uh, four days, uh, just having a ball here. So let's go ahead and, and, uh, and get her on. Hey, Ashlyn Starbuck. Welcome back. How are you, babe? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Happy new year. Thanks. Same to you. Now. Okay. So you and I did this awesome thing. How we rang in the new year was at uh, the marvelous, at Marvel's marvelous nerdy new year. That's a bit of a mouthful there, and uh, <laughs> and it was four days of insanity. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, tell me, tell me some of the highlights for you. Um, the big thing, one of the big things for me, um, I one I spent a lot of time um, with up in the the game area. Um, got to play some of the zombie overrun. Um, I got a chance, I met, you know, some, a photographer. Um, I got to do, um, a photo shoot with the, uh, zombie response, uh, vehicle. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And of course, always seeing the other, the other cosplays and, and, and the kids at the cosplay and the reactions, it's just, it's, it's a high the whole time. So okay. uh, that's, uh, well, you looked absolutely awesome. Of course, you know we spent four days together, and so for those that are listening, what were what, uh, tell them what your cosplay lineup was for for the Marvel New Year. Um, first, I had I did the my blue version of Psylocke, um, my go-to. <laughs> right. Um, and then I did my X Force, my X Force Psylocke, which seems seems to be everyone's favorite. Um, and then the last day that I was there, um, I did the Dark Phoenix. Um, Which was awesome. But yeah. yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> okay, so, so, so help me out here. So, so the, the one of you say is everybody's favorite. When you and I and met, you were in the black one. Is that the one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you you look amazing. You're so unbelievably talented. Uh, but gosh, there's something about that black one that is just so Fierce and striking. I mean, you look like an action figure. You look like a superhero. Yes, um, it's there's definitely, definitely, like you said, the intensity to that one. Um, it's also it's one that you don't see as often because That's it's true. the X Force version. Um, so I think that kind of adds to it as well because um, you you see a lot of the blue and a lot of the purple, um, purple Psylocks and. The X Force, the X Force version is a little, a little less common, and I've had people come up to me and compliment me on the fact that, you know, acknowledging that they understand where it's coming from. It's not just a different color bodysuit for the fun of it. It's, oh, right, it's part right. of the character and storyline. So, and, and have as a cosplayer, do you find that a lot? Like that when when people see you doing that, that they are able to recognize that this isn't just somebody in costume. This is somebody that is that is clearly 
you know, like, like you wearing that actual cosplay kind of invites the idea that you know what you're doing. You know what you're talking about, and it's kind of an homage to maybe a character that they have the the real passion about. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's it's definitely it's a success point for me. I, I count it as a success if one person can identify me and know the context of the character. So um yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a goal <laughs> for me. Well it's awesome. Well you know it's funny too because you know I, I, I like that because I mean not to, to diss anybody else, but it's kind of like I guess anybody could go to a you know, the art of cosplay is that you're not going to Party City and just buying some Something and then and just putting it on. Anybody could put on a Spidey suit, but if you are wearing something that maybe be a little bit more obscure and blah blah blah, it kind of tells people that that they're seeing your cosplay. Ha ha! She's an actual real fan, and uh, and she knows you know you know the fact that she knows this obscure character or, or things like that. Have, have have you found that you get a lot of appreciation from that? I think so. I think so. So, so tell me what else? What else did you? Because it was so much to do over over those four days. Obviously, you know that, um, you know we were both busy doing our own individual thing. Of course, we were very, you know, had a lot of fun together. Yeah. Uh, but there was so much to do, like like running around. What what, what else did you see and do? Um, there of course was the the Stanley birthday roast. <laughs> yes. What's what's not to say about that? <laughs> yeah, really. What is not to say about that? That was so insane. I mean, it was it was just enough to be able to say I I was there. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. there. But um, there and then of course there was the uh, the world record attempt, which we didn't hit the world record, but it was it was it was fun to you know cram cram as many cosplayers as you can into one area. It's it's all a bunch of us like minded like minded people in in one area. It's never a bad thing. So well, well yeah, always I, fun. I, I, when I saw the pictures of that, it's always, you know, I mean, like, that's quite an undertaking to try to take on a world record. So, I mean, think about it. What was the world record, by the way? Was it like 3,000 or something? It was something pretty high. They they um, shot for two different ones. There was one that was, you know, cutlers in one area, and then there was one of Spider-Man specific. And with, the, like, the Spider-Man, they would only have to hit 500. But we, we were pretty far off from either one of them, so... It was it was just it was just a fun time and the mm-hmm. fact that we you know an, another moment to get to be with Stan Lee is again an honor so yeah you win, know win. <laughs> yeah well think about this too okay let's say that the record was three thousand if you guys had two thousand nine hundred and ninety eight cosplayers okay let's say that you didn't make the record but guess what you there were still two thousand nine hundred and ninety eight cosplayers. You know, right. uniting, and then again, like I said, you got to spend some time with Stan Lee, who was so freaking awesome all four days. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, uh, I know that we uh, our schedules kind of divided there, and uh, you weren't able to to make the, uh, the the press conference. But of course, you know, on Saturday, on Friday, of course, was that like I said, the amazing birthday party in Roast. Who mm-hmm. again? How amazing is it that? That Stan Lee was the funniest person at his own his own road. Yes, it it was perfect though. Yeah, <laughs> it was perfect. I mean, wasn't it? Because it was just crazy how like you're not supposed to be the funniest, most charming person at your own roast. You're supposed to be getting roasted, and at any roast they hire you know professional comedians, which they did. And he, you know, though if it's all of them, you know. Uh, uh, you know, they all did a, a great job, but he was the funniest. He kind of he kind of yes. schooled them. Like, no, he roasted them better than they roasted him. And I think it's yeah. I think it's also <laughs> fair, fair to say that it's a little difficult to roast Stanley because, in their defense, because they, uh, you know, who doesn't love Stanley? And these people grew up, you know, how loving can you not, How can you not just? his praises. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to maybe find something. To, so, the, so they did have a bit of a difficult task. And also, you know, he's 94 years old. You're not going to pick on somebody that old that you spent your entire life adoring. So they kind of had to work out for them. And also knowing that, that how sharp and, and funny he is, that they knew that he wasn't just going to sit there and, and take it, that, you know, that he could, he could come back with something He'll as funny. He'll back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one thing I love, though, is that there wasn't, you know, he may be older and he had a little, you know, there was some fun, of course, him having trouble hearing and all that. But did you notice 
every time it came time to, you know, to acknowledge somebody or to hug somebody, he didn't, you know, slowly get out of the throne and reach for a cane and and then, mm-hmm. you know, you know, put his arms upwards where he could barely – he was jumping out of that throne like mm-hmm. a spring – like he was sitting on a spring like as if he was, he was 25 years old, you know. And what an inspiration that is, you know. Yep. And and you know and again like I said and and you know Brian O'Halloran who who hosted it from Clerks who is part of our special guest this week because you know like I said we have we got Brian O'Halloran who played Dante Hicks Marilyn Gigliotti who played Veronica and our man Scott Schiaffo uh, the Chulies rep uh, all from the original Clerks and the upcoming Clerks three uh, so I'm I'm excited to be able to talk about that. Uh, so, uh, you know, talk a little bit about that. But before we, we get onto that, whatever you uh, and we'll talk about this in a second. Is you mentioned playing Zombie Overrun, and I wanted to, wanted to, to talk about that just a little bit before we jump in. Uh, they have a very important date this week uh, for the uh, establishment or the development of the game. They started a Kickstarter this week, right? I think yesterday. Is that correct? Um, Monday, yes. Okay. Cool. Um, they it just went up on Kickstarter, so it's we're definitely down to a very crucial period, and you know really important to get get the word out there. And because I mean this is it's an awesome game, and I've been able to um, kind of watch a little bit as um, as some of the changes have been made and the development of it. And I've only gotten to see a small glimpse since I've been working with them, and it's it's amazing. There's a ton of hard work put into it, and. Um, like I said, I, I got to play a little bit on my own, um, when I was at the con and once, I mean, once you're in the game, there's, there's, like I said, there's been changes made. They came out with playing mats, for example, um, gives you a visual of what you have, your options, the choices that you have to make, and you get to choose between weapons and start plotting against the other players. And so there's no, there's no, there's no, ultimately there's no winner because you're all dying. <laughs> it's who dies, who dies last. And so, I mean, the game itself, easy to set up, easy to get going. Um, and then once you're playing and once things are, you know, advancing, there are waves of zombies coming in. Each new turn, there's more and more zombies coming at you. You actually feel like that buildup and that tension and the, like, suspense. And it's it's kind of rare you get that from a game, so especially for sure. from a board game. And well, so for sure. I I really want to see I really want to see this take off because especially I don't know it's it's definitely got a place in my heart. So. <laughs> well, you know, we had we, we had the developers on, as you know, our listeners know that, and, and we and we talked about it. We kind of did a bit a bit of a preview. I didn't get a chance to actually play the game while. I was there because I had so much going on with, you know, we were doing the show. And obviously, I was mm-hmm. DJing and, and on New Year's Eve and, and all that. And so I didn't really get a chance to do that. But, you know, but our listeners, just to, to, to connect them for a second, is that you actually are, are, are the one that connected me to uh, the, the developers because you're actually in the game. You're actually a playable character in the game. Yes. And they also um, – actually, a really neat thing about this company, too, is – that even at this point in, you know, with the Kickstarter being up, people can still be a part of this game universe. You can still be a character or part, you know, one of the cards in the game. Um, right. They're, they're still wanting, you know, so many people. And um, on Facebook, you can find them um, under Dragon's Fire Games. Um, okay. Or, you know, search for um, Zombie Overrun on Kickstarter. But... It's it's not too late to become a part of it, and to be able to have you know a piece of that and have that involvement, it's it's something special. And um, oh, with the uh, with the character thing, yes, um, I'm a character. One of the uh, um, sorry, I'm getting super excited. <laughs> I'm glad. Yes, um, I'm excited too. <laughs> um, one of the things that they've done is um, given the characters. Um, signature power. So you to try to kind of engage people in, you know, kind of a hunt. If you have the option to say you you see me at a con and you have you have the game, get my signature on this card and on your character card, and you get special powers. Your character gets special powers for having that extra signature. They in the game it's called signature power. For um, real. 
but it's just a way to just really expand and this this game is multidimensional. It's <laughs> well, you know that, that, that was, that's, what, well, that's what drew me to it. You know, and and, I, and obviously, you know, I was interested. You know, I, I love the gaming format. I love the actual board gaming format. I'm not. <clears throat> I love retro gaming in terms of like video games. Kind of some of the, mm-hmm. the the current video games are you know are cool, but I, I've always been kind of more drawn to more some of the stuff that Wizards of the Coast put out. I you know I, uh, some of the classics like you know like Settlers of Catan and. And I'm, mm-hmm. I and I have a uh, you know some friends that that I used to be able to play with a lot and you know and my schedule doesn't really allow it to happen too much and so I've kind of missed it. So when I was hearing the explanation, <clears throat> excuse me, of you know the gameplay, that's what drew me to it. Is not only it's how unique it is, <clears throat> excuse me, how unique it is, uh, which is awesome, but how kind of infinite it is. Like they've created mm-hmm. kind of this this format. Where the game is kind of what you make it. It's not in this kind of limited kind of box of okay, here are the rules, here's what you do, and it will never, it will never kind of be able to expand beyond that. It's kind of like I mentioned, Settlers of Catan, uh, how they have all the different expansions to buy, but the game sets itself up where you could create your own expansion. Like I mean, right. there's like you know the, I think there's like the cities, the cities and knights of of Catan. Well, I mean, technically, if you wanted to, you could come up with like the pimps and hoes of <laughs> of Catan and your own, you know, your own your own gameplay, and that and that's what I I always thought I thought was so interesting. First of all, I loved your involvement, and I love that you know you being this playable character. But like you said, you know, it's almost kind of like Fight Club, where you could kind of set up these little chapters that lends itself to that kind of infinite mm-hmm. type kind of potential. Uh, and, and so you actually got to see the actual game itself, though, um, yes. there during Marvel New Year. So talk a little bit about that to me. Um, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, first of all, I need to say the box. <laughs> this box is epic. Um, I don't I, I don't even have words. I don't even have words to describe it. Um, you know, what, you know the, I, the I, I did, I did see the box. Intense. It's, it's intense. <laughs> you know what? I did do the box, and the box looks like a freaking like Slayer box set. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. Whatever is in that box, I'm all in. You know what I mean? So in terms of aesthetic and the way that they put this together and produce it, like whatever, like without even knowing about all those infinite possibilities, whatever is in that box, count me in. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and. You know the the game board the game board itself. Um, like I said, I've been able to see some of the changes they've made and kind of um, the development of of that. And I'm really I'm really pleased with um, the look of of the game board. It's kind of the the center tower is where you you know the characters are at, and it's the zombies coming in from all the zones, all you know surrounding um, surrounding the board. And um, you have your you have your zombie pieces that. Um, you have just the normal zombies, and you have strong zombies and um, swift zombies, and I mean, there's you have there's the um, when you're you're in play, you can choose between um, um, there's a deck that there's the survivor deck. It's the um, where you get your weapons and the different items to help equip okay. you, or you can choose to try to alter the game mode and draw a card from the zombie deck and you may be able to place a, um, you know, a, a strong zombie in somebody else's, um, somebody else's zone, so that it's going to attack them harder. So it's there's a, there's so many options, there's and so many can, options and strategies that you can go with, and no no one game is ever going to be the same as the next. So and that's what's cool too, because it will be different every single time. Like I said, like because like, mm-hmm. they've created that that platform, and so. So uh, they can go on uh, to the Kickstarter, and they, they just type in the Zombie Overrun when they get there. Yep, search for search for Zombie Overrun, and it's the first that comes up. Okay, and then again, I said you can look for Dragon Dragon's Fires Games on on Dragon. Facebook. Yes, sir. Dragon Got it. Okay, Fires cool. Games. Well, you know what? And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we're gonna pay some bills here. We're gonna talk about a little bit of our sponsors and some things that are coming up, uh, and then we'll be back uh, with. Brian O'Halloran, Marilyn Gigliotti, and Scott Schiaffo, uh the uh, three originals from, uh, from, from Clerks and the upcoming Clerks 3. 
and we're going to get into all that as well. Uh, but... Hi, this is Natalie Cox. I play Juno Eclipse in The Force Unleashed, and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Tanner. For now, I wanted to tell you a little bit about uh, one of our, our proud sponsors is Office Furniture to Go. Uh, one thing that's so cool about uh, Tricky Kid Radio is you can hear the show each and every Thursday. Make sure you go to iTunes and subscribe. It's free. You also can stream it. If you're an Android user, you can stream it from uh, our website, of course, at trickykid.com. There's links uh, at Facebook and uh, also on our Twitter page at Stopping Tricky Kid Radio. Handle on Twitter is Tricky Kid and number two. Uh, but what's cool is it is it after you've done listening, go to trickykid.com because you'll see a lot of pictures. You'll actually be able to see this box that me and Ashlyn uh, are talking about for Zombie Overrun. You'll be able to see pictures from the con and 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 great stuff from Ashlyn and lots and lots of great stuff. And while you're there. Click on the link for office furniture to go. They'll throw a couple bucks back our way, and we get to keep the lights on. Uh, lots of stuff coming up. Um, uh, in February uh, 19th, uh, I'll be returning to IHWB Wrestling for uh, for the New Year Knockout event. Uh, me and uh, Tech Force, who was a hip-hop artist from, from the nerdcore genre, as you know, we – performed on New Year's Eve here at the Marvelous New Year, which we've talked about in the last episode. We'll talk a little bit more about this one. we got some stuff coming up, so check out Tech Force. He's also on Twitter at Tech Force Rises, and be on the lookout for some stuff coming up uh, between... Uh, and I'll be in Vegas, um, actually, as part of the Internex Expo, uh, January the 14th uh, through the 16th. Um, we'll be speaking on some panels there and, and participating um, with a great, great new... Um, a web community there uh, in Vegas. And while I'm in Vegas, I'm going to be doing some DJ gigs as my alter ego, DJ Tricky Kid. Uh, they're their Hard Rock Hotel all through. They're having a, a bunch of conventions that week. And I'll be there for the ABN Expo uh, all that week. And then moving on to Anaheim for the NAM convention. And that will be uh, the January 18th. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the, the, uh, the 21st and the 22nd. I'll be in Anaheim out there and, and, uh, and doing some doing some gigs and doing the show out there. Then making our way down to San Antonio, speaking of wrestling, and we'll be part of the WWE Royal Rumble this year. There's going to be a couple of great events. There'll be uh, an NXT event in Dallas and then the, the TakeOver event in San Antonio next night on the 28th, and then the Royal Rumble the 29th. So if you are planning on going to the Royal Rumble, uh, in San Antonio, definitely come by and say hello to us. Uh, we'll be doing the show, and, uh, and I'll be, I'll be doing, doing some DJing, uh, some after parties out there. You can find out more about it at trickykid.com. On, uh, on, online? Um, I'm on both Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Ashlyn Starbuck. You'll find me. Um, I'm also in the process of developing a Patreon page. And again, same tag, Ashlyn Starbuck. Um, so be on, be on the lookout for that. Oh, fantastic! Good deal. And then you, and then you have a uh, you have a store that, that's going to be coming up on, on uh, around the corner here as well. So be on be on the lookout for that too, right? Yes, and that'll be um, that'll be through Store Envy. Um, okay. It'll be Store Envy again. Search Ashlyn Starbuck, and like I said, that should be that should be up here. I'm hoping to have it up and going in the next couple of weeks. So fantastic. look out! <laughs> Just look out! Yeah. So starting the New York year off right here, 2017. Lots of great stuff coming yeah. up. with this new game and Ashlyn Starbuck, and and you've got a lot of great stuff coming up. And I'm excited to, for our listeners to, to hear about that and some stuff that you and I uh, are working on together and stuff that we've already worked on. And so, uh, so speaking of ringing in the new year, like I said, at marvelous new year, you and I sat down uh, with the cast of Clerks and the upcoming Clerks Three. Um, what do you remember? Like, what? When was the first time you saw Clerks? Do you remember? Um, I was I was in high school and I actually did not see the first one first. Um, I saw Clerks two without seeing the um, without obviously without seeing Clerks one, and right. then had to go back and watch the first one. And the only thing I really have to say about it is there's 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 still nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, still nothing like it. Um, but. That I'm I'm ready to see see what's next. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's interesting these characters because they have the everyday every man type kind of thing, and that was kind of the appeal. I mm-hmm. I can remember for me, um, I was uh, just out of high school, and I was 
working at Blockbuster Video. <laughs> and I used to, <laughs> right, and it was like my little uh, high school job. And I was working at Blockbuster, and this is the first movie. This is Clerks. And, again, you know, to see how there's still nothing like it. There was certainly nothing like this, uh, you know, back then when it came out. Right. And, you know, me being a bit of a character and all, uh, people would come in, and I was real drawn to it because this was kind of at the dawn of, of what we now know is, you know, the kind of the indie cinema. And I was, you know, I was a metal guy, so I wasn't like this, like, snobby, uh, kind of stuck-up art house cinema type kind of guy, but I was really drawn to this thing because it was like you don't really see black and white films coming out in modern day, day times unless it was either on purpose as a period piece or, or the fact that in this case they just didn't have the money. It was just so right. there was something very punk rock about that that drew me to it. And like you know, why are they releasing a black and white movie? You know, in you know, in 1994. Like, why is why is it ha- you know? And so I I already kind of was kind of in love with it before I even saw it. I would you know what I mean? It, you know, it would be on the shelf and stuff. And then I, I took it home one night. And as anyone who's seen Clerks knows, of course, that it's there's still really nothing like it. It because it was you know no known actors. There were clearly people that I could identify with that were just like you and I. Um using this incredible vernacular for uh you know you know for for people that were you know working you know for for what they were doing for a living but it really i think that's the reason why it resonated it was really resonated with what was kind of happening at that time this very overeducated underpaid type kind of like sure you're this super smart people but how do you how do you how do you get paid to do that so it was just kind of like this this kind of disenfranchised type kind of thing and and so here's this, you know, and it was all new, you know, you know, Nirvana had kind of changed the musical landscape a few years prior. We were talking about that before we went live mm-hmm. uh, with Nevermind. So it just, it, and so now here's this, you know, this newcomer that's not even really, um, you know, he's not trying to be like this kind of, you know, Scorsese wannabe type kind of guy. He was just making a movie about what he knew with his friend at his place of business. Uh, so all of that being very, very real, I think that there's a reason why we could all relate to those characters because it was all done, you know, so well. And so, and so then when, so then when we check in with them it, with Clerks too, what do you, what do you, what, do you, what, what stands out the most to you in terms of the contrast, the Clerks one and Clerks two? Mm, I, I don't, I don't even. I don't even know. <laughs> well, um, you know. What I mean is, is, is it, okay, so because a lot of people think, okay, so now here it is, what, I guess, I think it was nine years later, eight years later, now he's got a budget, and he actually, a movie can actually can look kind of good, but it almost kind of took the charm from it. It's almost like seeing the, the convenience store and all that in color, it was almost kind of like movie, it was like, like I wouldn't want to watch It's a Wonderful Life in color. You know what I mean? It's, I've always right. It's, seen it in, it's still. It's not the same. It's not the same. It doesn't uh, have that. The, it doesn't have that same. It doesn't have that. I want to say raw feel to it. <laughs> right, but, right. Which, which may have been a thing that he may have thought was a detriment at the time he was making the original Clerks, which ended up being uh, its its charm, its asset. Like like no matter what, and I'm very excited about the upcoming Clerks three, but I think that nothing will really uh, will really you can't really beat that first one. You know, uh, you know bands go on. Same thing in music. You know bands go on to you know to make better records, better looking records, better sounding records, and they become better musicians. But there's something about those first couple of records that will always have that again that that rawness. It's like you have it's like, uh, you know, you you have, you know, your whole life to make that first record, but only a few years to make that second one. And there's something about that, the honesty of that, that just, uh, it seems like it can only can happen just that, that one time. But, uh, but yeah, so the, so, so we were able to sit down with Brian O'Halloran, who plays, of course, Dante Hicks and, and a lot of other characters in the, in the Kevin Smith, uh, USQ universe. Uh, uh, Marilyn Gigliotti, who plays Veronica, old friend of ours, uh, she's going to be returning. And then what was so great was Scott Schiaffo, man, the Julie's rep, uh, is going to be making a return in, in, uh, in Clerks 3. You know, and that's probably one of the most memorable scenes in Clerks, of course, with, you know, them throwing the cigarettes at Dante and screaming cancer merchant and all that. So, 
and, and you went back and, 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 you know, Clark is also one of those films also that, that you, it kind of becomes a part of you. Like, like anybody that's a fan of the movie Clerks is somebody that probably watches Clerks, uh, at least once a year or, or maybe, you know, something that, that you definitely revisit. And it's a film that you can revisit and want to revisit. Uh, one thing you'll hear, uh, that our listeners will hear, to, you know, uh, during the interview, uh, that we had with them was that uh, I got to be at a couple of great public screenings uh, long after the fact. Uh, I was at one actually in Red Bank, New Jersey, uh, not far from the convenience store. It was an outdoor thing uh, the first year when I moved to New York in 2006. And then a few years later, they did one in, in Central Park, and the cast was there as well and everything else. And so it's one of these great films that you know, as years go by, not only does it hold up pretty well, but it somehow takes on a different perspective as years goes by. Like when I saw it in 2006 and then I saw it in, 2000, in Central Park in 2012, it was different. I don't know, it, it, it just, it, there was something different about it, something better about it, something uh, that I kind of learned from perspective. So it, it really has that, that gift to it. When was the last time that that that, that you saw Clerks? You just saw it recently, right? You just you just uh, revisited it. Um, yeah, it was it was a few it was a few months ago, um, and it, before that, it had been it had been it had been years. Right. It was kind of like the just forgotten treasure type of deal. <laughs> you but just, what? You just, but what you, stood you, out you have a new appreciation. Do what? Well, well, yeah. So what? But what stood out to you? Like, I mean, other than the obvious stuff, like, oh my God, it's so '90s, and uh, and, and you know, you know, other than the dated part of it and the the, the limitations that his budget brought, when you, uh, you know, outside of that, what 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 stood out the most to you? Whenever you like, like, like when you like the the scene with Marilyn Gigliotti and they're sitting behind the counter and he's painting her nails, and and then the part with you know, with him throwing the cigarettes. What what about the whole feel of the movie stood out to you? That was, you know, after... Just, it, <clears throat> to me, it was just very... It had a, a very, like I said before, raw, real... I mean, even down to the, you know, the 37. The dividing hairs and how how things are explained. And it's just... Oh, for, for me and with my... Um, I had a very, uh, a very strict kind of sheltered upbringing and it's just the stuff that may have been taboo or whatever and or not spoken it's just laid out there and um like I said it's just it's just very very real and I have I have a very sincere appreciation for real <laughs> well so. you 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 know that, that, that I do very much as well and any listener of this show knows that and you know that our appreciation for for real and and honesty and all that is what kind of united us, you know. And so we are we are united in 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 uh, in, in that uh, you know on that front for sure. I um, but you know it, it's funny. I think that might have been that way for a lot of people. Uh, like you mentioned, how you kind of grew up kind of in a in a in a very uh, kind of strict household. That this was kind of like mm-hmm. this was kind of like a Cheech and Chong record for the nineties. You know what I mean? It was like. This, <laughs> This kind of escape thing, but I think also even if you grew up in the most liberal household, it was shocking to uh, to hear people speaking that frank and that intelligent about some pretty you know uh, explicit things there. And I think that's why it spoke to me so much because they talked like me and my friends talk, but even talked even smarter. I mean, like it was like wow, you know, it's like. You, it's like the, the, the smartest pothead in school kind of thing, you know. And from a guy that, you know, that spent time touring with Ween, that, that speaks directly, uh, you know, to me as well. So what are you, uh, so what are you looking forward to uh, uh, with the upcoming Clerks 3 with these characters? I'm honestly just, I'm trying to go into it. Um, the second one, like, like I said, not, not my favorite, um, but... I'm trying to go into this one very open. Just give me what you got, guys. <laughs> well, you know, I think we well, sure, and and that's that's the way to do it. But I, I think it's interesting because again, uh, you know, these characters, like I said, they speak so frank and they're so real, and they've been with us for so long now uh, that it's kind of like revisiting an old friend. 
You know, it's like kind of like checking in. Like, you know, Richard Linklater kind of did something like this where he you may have seen, uh, and maybe our listeners have seen like Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and I think the, the third one was Before Midnight, where it's just these characters are so good and so real that you that you have to have enough time between them. Like, you could make a Clerks movie every single year. That would be kind of monotonous and kind of redundant. But if you space it out the way that he's done uh, so much, whatever, it's they become – something familiar, but they almost kind of become new characters. So I, I think it's going to be something very, very interesting. And I, 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 I hope, you know, we also, we have, it's kind of like the Star Wars thing. We're so invested. It's, it's also kind of like, you better, you better not have screwed up our characters. You know, you better have done this right. So, so I, and I think that, 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 that Kevin Smith, the director, of course, and creator of the characters knows that. And going into this, it should be something, something, something wonderful. Um, so, uh, so without, without further ado, uh, I'd like to bring you again, uh, Brian O'Halloran, uh, Marilyn Gigliotti, and Scott Schiaffo uh, from the original Clerks and the upcoming Clerks story. But what's interesting about that is that so when you guys saw each other on set, previously working together, what was in knowing that you guys were going to be. You know, a couple on screen. Like, what was what was that initial reaction to that? Well, I was happy. Well, that it's comfortable. Yeah, you're, you're, it's, you're it's comfortable very comfortable because you know what you can get out of her. Mm-hmm. You know what she can give back. We can talk amongst ourselves, like what we should do. Um, it was very, you know, we rehearsed a good month, solid month. We would go both have our regular day jobs. Yeah. Right. She worked at a hair salon. I worked at a manufacturing facility up in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Drive down there. And uh, we would have rehearsals with Kevin, and he was very dialogue-driven. Obviously, there's not a lot of blocking involved. Not a lot of, <laughs> right. It's not like, all right, now the car comes here, and we're going to do stunt driving. It's, right. You know, it's we're strictly... We blocking before we came on yet. Yeah. It's strictly dialogue-heavy, so um, in very tight spaces. You're either behind the counter at the convenience store, you're behind the... Or you're in front of the counter at the video store. Or sitting on the counter. Or they... you're sitting on the counter. <laughs> right. Or you're sitting by on the floor talking to each other. Or she's screaming and, and swinging a purse at you. So the, 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 the emphasis for Kevin was the intent of the line written. Right. And so there was a lot of like, all right, well, you know... And, and we got it pretty quickly in that sense. Um, and it was just rehearsing it. Once we were ready to go, it was starting to shoot. And he would close the store at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And we would shoot from 11 o'clock at night till 5, 6 in the morning. And then he'd have to open up the store again. And right. computers were coming in. And it was a weird kind of shooting scenario. But that's what it was. But isn't it amazing that there is no way that time, even though you guys were you know, actors, of course. And I'm not saying you weren't serious actors. But didn't at the time also, didn't it kind of seem like you guys were just kind of having some fun? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I like. There's no I, way I, you thought you'd be, t- be doing interviews twenty two well, no, years no, later. No, no, no. Look, look, this I, thing you were doing. No, I mean, but, but it's like, I obviously didn't get into this for the money. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so I, I always have fun. Usually, whatever I do, and, and it's always fun working with great people. Yeah, and and you know, having done the theater circuit, the, the two of us, you know, it was a next step. Yeah. So it, so was, it is it, still like an opportunity, at least. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Okay. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. obviously, you took it seriously. Because you guys didn't know Kevin before, right? You guys no. Weren't no, before. all no. three of us auditioned from that right. ad. Just strangers completely. Just a lot of people, that's a myth, not a myth, but something misunderstood is a lot of people think that everybody in the film is other. a friend or family member. Right. And there's a good handful of us who Which, just auditioned and we didn't know Kevin at all. Which could be a compliment in a way if you think, if you think about it. Because you, guys pessimism. All, pessimism. Because you all, all gelled so well together. Right. Yeah. Now, was there actually lasagna in that pan? Nothing. You, yeah, it was an empty box. Yeah. But if you believed it, it's called acting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, one thing is, it seemed like you were carrying Ooh, that some, smells good. You smell it through the screen, you see. But you seemed like you were holding something kind of heavy there. So, I, well, you know what? And, and yes, it's like I, 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 knowing that it's like, or I can't, you know. Right. Just Here you go. You just like, it. just like when people who have that fake baby. Yeah. There's a certain way you gotta hold that baby, otherwise, you know, people <laughs> are not gonna believe it's a real baby. Yeah. Uh, that it's not a real baby, I should say. So, you know, yeah, you gotta take all that thing, all those things into consideration. Well, so what's so interesting for, for me is that so now that. Touched a lot of people, not just the, not just of course the, the great writing and of course the great script. And there was really nothing like it at the time, and and everything else. And it created this whole obviously franchise. But I think that when people look at the at the I guess the, the Kevin Smith canon or the viewers universe, whatever, um, you guys are the face of it. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of where it, where it started. But people always kind of think about that scene with you guys talking about again about you know how many partners thirty seven and all that. And, <laughs> well, it's it's what's really great is anytime there's an article written about Kevin, 
usually the first two sentences are either That's Clerks director Kevin right. Smith or Kevin Smith director of such films as Clerks. Right. It's the first thing they think of. A, it's the thing that made Kevin who he was mm-hmm. and the empire that he's created with his podcasting and his you know, comic book men's show, store and show and, and Jane Silent Bob stuff and all the toys and stuff. But I think but at the same time, you are such a sympathetic character in this. And so that no matter how well he, he wrote it, you have such a, a distinct speaking voice that if I if you were to call me on the phone, I would know it, I would know your voice. Oh, thank you. And not just because I'm a fan of the, of the things, it's very distinctive. So and the same thing with yours. Like yeah. whenever you you go like real high, like your voice gets really high. Yes, that's usually means she's angry. No, 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 it's excited too. No, but, but yes, uh, it's funny because first moving out to LA, um, you know, you get certain jobs, you know, and people think it's like I don't have a day job, but I do. I have several. Um, so I remember being in Home Depot, being high the register. People are just like recognizing the voice. Yeah, they might. They might like. Yeah, it looks familiar. Yeah. And it, it, it would be always the voice that would definitely give me away. Well, see, and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, it's written on the page, but you had to deliver it with a voice. Yeah. And in that yeah. very unbelievable, memorable scene where you're rattling everybody at the front of the front of the uh, the convenience store there, and then when, uh, you know, you you seem very, very, like, you actually really didn't like him. Like, I, I, like, like there was some genuine animosity towards him. Almost like as if it was kind of like a uh, like an ad-lib thing to start throwing the cigarettes at him. And I mean, obviously I know that, that Kevin wrote that and everything else, and, and Kevin and I had a great conversation about that. And uh, But when you were, what did you draw that inspiration from, other besides the direction? Well, what I think it, it really is happening in that scene for me overall is... <laughs> I, I wasn't the reason why it's so insane and it, it's comic. I wasn't playing it comic. Right. I was playing it deadly serious. Right. Sure. And that's what I mean. Right. We shot that scene, and if you, there's not a lot of editing in that film because he didn't have a lot of film to play around with. So that's like one big take. Right. You know, it's like a little piece of theater with a ton of dialogue. We did it three or four times that afternoon, and by the end of it, I was. I lost my voice. I was right. out of my head, and uh, but I just went to go over the top as best I could and keep it believable and nutty. Um, and it's interesting we're talking about the voice for two reasons. I I went back to clean shaven after that, and I was in the dramatist play uh, the bookstore in New York City, where they sell plays and you know, and they recognized the voice because at that point I had been playing every weekend. Or it's like it was we played the Angelico for like six months, right? And the NYU kids would go like it was a thing. They would just go every weekend, and you know we're going up. So they really got embedded in some of them early, even before it became a big hit on home radio. Right. So that was what they recognized was the voice, which blew me away because yeah. I was like, wow, you know. Um, but but I would recognize it too, though. You see what I'm saying? Sure, because that's the kind of movie that people have sat through many times too. So yeah. I think too, what I, a point I'd like to make when we're talking about the audio, Kevin at one point had said this about himself as a director and why he's so. I mean, his words are so important to him. He hears the movie more so than he sees it visually. He's I, always I, said he's not a visual director, but right. he's grown into a visual director. Right, sure, sure. He said he wishes his movies could be comedy albums. Like he hears <laughs> right. it. You know, and it, that's why it's so important how it's delivered. Rhythm to it. Yeah. And that's why you're saying about with Brian, because yeah. Brian really set the tone for that is Dante. He really brought his A game. Absolutely. And I sure. remember when I first started rehearsing with him, I was like, wow, this guy's not fooling around. I really got to bring it. Yeah. So that's how it got so, you know. Intense. So, you know, and the dynamic, though, is here we are, again, 22 years later. So you guys have all uh, have worked together, of course, many times since and are about to work together again. So... It's, it's created this kind of this uh, unlikely family from the beginning mm-hmm. where you guys are, uh, you know, you know, I don't know if I've been people that I know for 20-something years, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you do events like this and this type kind of stuff, uh, isn't it wonderful because maybe it's the only time you guys get to see each other or... Now, was there ever a lull there? And here's why I say that because I moved to Brooklyn in 2006 and about, I guess, I don't know, maybe that was that year or the next year... Um, Netflix began this little uh, thing where they would go to a director's hometown and show his most signature film on this kind of inflatable screen. And they yeah, we, we, yeah, we were we there. And you guys were there. Yes. And, um, and remember, it was right across from the, the comic book store that Correct. Walt runs. Not far and, from there. And right there on the actual Red Bank in that little gated area mm-hmm. there. And uh, it, it seemed like that there was this kind of 
like where yeah remember clerks and something that is there's this kind of momentum kind of got behind it again do you guys you guys recall this time well i mean it was a lot of um push because clerks 2 which came out uh it was trying to drum up people to go like this is why right. there's a two for those who don't realize that this is an 11 year ago that right. came out um, it, like it was after it though. It seemed like I think Kevin was prepping Zach and Mary at that time. Probably. And so, but it seemed like that there was like this this kind of wave of nostalgia for it, like where people like were really kind of ready for it. Well, I think you know? I think Netflix at that time were taking the most popular that they had on yeah. their uh, you know, on their yeah. streaming. So I think maybe that's why it was picked to I actually do that. You're hitting on something in the timeline in the sense of, too, not only was it the generations that grew up with it were now turning a corner and becoming very nostalgic for their youth. That's right, that's right. So they're embracing it yet again. Now you've got it streaming, and now this circuit, the Comic-Con circuit, right. the convention circuit, which brings us all out yeah. live as human beings that people like, you know, shake hands, right. talk, have a little yeah. fun with, that type of thing. That builds the universe up even more, too. And that he's got Comic Book Men, which people, you know, keeps him out in the, keeps the Kevin Smith uh, world out in the, uh, the, the pop culture you know, in an iconic kind of way. Well, also, and it's like I, I unfortunately did not get to go to this, but it wasn't that long ago that Central Park put on movies in the park, and mm-hmm. there was a vote as to who they wanted to see, and Clark's won out. Yeah. And I, I, I actually remember that screening, and it was a, a, a decent turnout. It was. Uh, I was. I was yeah, I think they said it was something like fifteen thousand people. Well, yeah, it was like yeah, it was like fifteen thousand. It was like I thought. Well, I just took the F train to Fifty Ninth and Lexington and got off, and I was like, whoa, like this is this is. The thing. I was shocked that they were playing it uncut. Not only the uncut, the extended, uh, deleted scenes right. cut. Right. Edition, and I was like, you could do the cursing, like it's. You know, it's hard <laughs> kids. I'm like, we have the signs that it's adult language, adult subject matter. I was like, wow, awesome. Do you know what I remember from that screening that uh, was little things you take away from was mm-hmm. when they sh- first show uh, the shot of you behind the counter and you can see the price tag for the cigarettes. Right, 195 like, yes, Right, yes, and then there was this gasp. It's like 15,000 people gasping. Because like, you're talking $10, $10 a pack in well, the yeah, town. Yeah. They're like, oh, I was 195 at one time. It's like, how old is this movie? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I took away from that. So so here we are again, so 22 years later, and you guys are about to do. So what? what so when he calls you to want to do it, uh, to do another movie, I mean, like, isn't that isn't that exciting to get to work with your friends again it's oh. to, to kind of be able to do those characters so Brian I want to start with you to the left sure. here what do you, what more do you have to say is Dante you know what I, I'm the since I'm the only one here at this table uh, who's actually read the, the third script okay. um, Kevin has really encapsulated perfectly what these characters would be 10 years even more after the second one so now the 20 some odd years after the first so now they're in their 40s uh, as we last left off in the second episode, this, uh, Clerks 2, Dante has gotten Becky, play, portrayed by Rosario Dawson, pregnant with his hideous love, love child. Um, so there will be some sort of child in the mix. So now they're a parent. <laughs> Randall, and he has discussed this on his podcast last year, a year ago, uh, and tweeting about that Randall is now pursuing a love interest in the film. So I think it's a great way that he's encapsulated everything that those characters have gone through now in their 40s and what life is giving them up to this okay. point. And then, and also him as a writer and all the crazy other types of projects he's written in podcasts and stuff, he's melded into a really, really great script. And I've been now in possession of the script for about a year and a half, maybe longer. And it's like actually, I always equate it to like buying someone their Christmas gift in February. <laughs> right. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, I can't wait to see their reaction. But I give it to him like, don't you love it? <laughs> you know? So um, that's exactly. how I'm feeling. I can't talk about it because I signed a $3 million non-disclosure Not even to me. Oh, come and on. Unless someone wants to pay me $4 million, so I at least have a million dollars that I can, since I'll never be able to work in the film industry again after blabbing a script, um, I'll be more than happy to tell anyone for $4 million. Not even if she swings the purse? No. Nope. <laughs> that could be a villainous, villainous Look, thing. Uh, I, I know what her character is doing in the script. It's fun stuff. Um, but that's about it's, as far as it, I it's like, oh my god, I want to know. Here, if you buy a round of drinks, I'll tell you the next line. You see, <laughs> you kind of, kind of, kind of, just kind of like 
cleaning it out wow. like month by month. You think oh I'm a cheap, God. just drink swilling person? <laughs> no, that, no, I, that's are, all it takes. No, these are suggestions, Brian. You uh, see, I, I'm, I'm the cheap uh, person here to try to bring you down with me here. No, look, look, I'm trying to get the credit. I'm, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get the film made. So I, I, that's the last thing I want to do is kibosh what is yeah. like allegedly my future. Yeah. Of course. As a fan and as a character in that series, I am so anxious, you know, to know. What is going to be happening as well? Is I, I can't wait. Well, I echo that. I actually at the tail at the like the last five minutes of Clerks Two in the theater, I welled up. I got so emotional. Regardless that I'm, you know, that character doesn't come back per se. That's fine by me. I'm just really anxious to see what happens to Dante and Randall myself. You know, so because I thought the second one was, I thought he hit it out of the park with that. For sure. For you know? sure. Well, I think we're all excited to kind of see what. Yeah, These characters, you know, that we've known for so long, and what's going to happen to them, and, and, and grow up with them, and and uh, and it's kind of, you know, it's just so cool that we get that there's is another chapter of this, that we get to kind of see that going. You guys are all, uh, you know, up for it and and, and happy and healthy and and, uh, and doing it. So again, so to Brian O'Halloran, Marilyn Gigliotti, and Scott Schiaffo, thank you guys for for the upcoming Clerks projects. And, uh, and for, God, 22 years of so much fun and laughter, it's really great to have a chance to sit down and, and talk with you guys about all this. Thank Not at all. So, thank you, Roy. Thank You've been you. awesome. And uh, look forward to seeing you more on the convention floor. Absolutely. Tricky Kid Radio rocks. That's right. Thank you guys so thank much. Thank you. And the, uh, the, the original Rebels from, the, from, from Clerks, Clerks 2, and the upcoming Clerks 3. Uh, man, those guys were a blast. Shiafo was a trip, right? Yes. He, he, he was fun. And... Marilyn was sweet as all get out, and um, Brian had Brian had a lot of information um, and insight. So it was it was. Thank them for uh, for joining us because while you know you had photo shoots and and I had interviews and dinners and and DJing and everything else, you know, of course they were doing Q and A's and panels and meet and greets and 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 screenings and and all that too. And I said, and you know, O'Halloran hosting the roast and then Gigliotti, Marilyn was one of the roasters and I, I thought she did really really well and i'll tell you why was because uh you know she was talking about being real getting back to our real thing was that everybody else was funny and and they did a good job but you know she didn't have to call anybody she didn't have to you know there was no sight gags there was no props it was just real and that's why i think it worked yeah it was very hers was very heartfelt and i think she said what a lot of us wanted to so yeah yeah she was kind of, she was kind of our voice wasn't she what? yeah exactly uh, you know and uh and, and it was and so grateful like i said i uh after i finished my set we uh uh you know and they came over to check it out for a little bit and that was cool and so i joined them in uh in the main room for the big countdown and you know you didn't know which room uh of the three at the marvelous new year that stan was going to be in because uh, there was the, the big room where the roast was uh, and in, where the blues band was playing. And I kind of assumed that's kind of where the New Year would kind of go down. And, then, of course, there was the second room that was pretty big where they just had a uh, a local uh, cover band called Bad Karma that played. Uh, one thing you don't know, I, I don't think you know this, uh, is that after this, actually, actually, I got up with Bad Karma. They brought me up to uh, to do the BC Boys' Fight for Your Right to Party, which was a lot of fun. So uh, uh, shout out to those guys. But it was so cool that so after I finished the, uh, the gig in the EDM room with, with Mike Realm and, of course, Tech Force, uh, me, Brian, um, Marilyn, uh, and um, and a couple other other the people from their management crew, we went into the second room where Bad Karma was playing, and it ended up being the right room because here comes Stan Lee right at the stroke of midnight. So getting to uh, to ring in, uh, you know, the new year with Stan Lee doing the countdown and and you know, of course, with Brian and Marilyn and Scott, uh, was a great, great way to bring in 2017 and everything else and to ring in the new year. So I'm excited for people to see Clerks Three coming up, uh, and a lot of the stuff, other stuff that's going on. You know, Shiafo is also a musician; he's got some some cool stuff coming up. So uh, go to his Facebook and, and type in Scott Shiafo. Uh, of course, there's there's links there. He's a great, great dude. Marilyn Gigliotti, of course, awesome, awesome. She also has another project coming up. I think it's called Murder on the Hill. I don't want to misquote that, but uh, but follow her and you'll be able to, to see stuff. And uh, and of course, Brian O'Halloran, 
um, he stays, you know, very busy throughout the year. And uh, somebody, so that was a real treat because I think that was one of Schiaffo's first uh, first cons as uh, in the name of Clark. I could be wrong, but I but I I, I think that that was. And um, but anyway, yeah. So check out the upcoming Clerks three. And again, uh, to my co-host and awesome awesome cosplayer superstar Ashlyn Starbuck. Thank you so much again for. Uh, for joining us this week and 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 being there with me, man, you know, uh, there for for the for the press junket and getting to spend four wonderful days with you um, there at the Marvel New Year. Uh, so and again, so where 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 can can they can they find you on online and stuff there? Um, Facebook, type in Ashlyn Starbuck. Same thing with Instagram, and like I said before, um, I'm also on Twitter. Same thing. Um, watch out for my Patreon and my store envy again. Ashland Starbucks, easy to find me, guys. Absolutely, and you know, and again, I, I, I wanted to, to tip people off too is that you have a a, a new cosplay, uh, something that we something very very special that we shot together um, uh, a couple of months back uh, coming up. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, we it's my my Goblin Queen, um, which is awesome. <laughs> it is. Um, but that one I will be I will be I will be leaking pictures <laughs> from that Good. too and and that out. So um, it's definitely one you just want to keep an eye out for. Um, they're they're worth it. They're definitely worth it. <laughs> and guys, I, I put the challenge to you. You're in Amarillo. I'm in Dallas, and and like we only had literally just a couple of days to, to get this together and you made miracles happen. And within 24 <laughs> hours, you made this, this custom uh, freaking cape. It was nuts. Talk, talk, talk about, about that challenge. Um, well, it was a matter of choosing one, choosing the character to begin with. And then right. Cause we talked about designing, that. and then designing, you know, designing what, which of her, you know, which of her outfits and which of her looks you want to go with because each comic book character, for example, depending on who draws it, has a totally different look. And so figuring out what I wanted to do and then I I made every every bit of it except the boots I was wearing from scratch. Right. So <laughs> I was I was up I was up twenty four hours straight and then drove the five and a half hours to Dallas and and then still threw my stuff on and Manage to look human. <laughs> well, you look more than human. You look super, you look superhuman, and in spite of all that, you look so freaking amazing. And I worked your ass off that day, man. We had I had, I had a blast, though. It was it was so fun. We had such a freaking blast at that, and guys, when you see the results, it's it's jaw dropping. You're uh, like, it's you're so unbelievably talented, and. And and I can't wait for people to see what you have in store and what you and I have in store uh, coming down the pike here. Uh, so again, uh, and of course you can find us at Tricky Kid uh, in the number two. Go to iTunes and uh, type in uh, Tricky Kid Radio and subscribe. It's free. You'll get shows like this each and every single week. Go to trickykid.com. That's tricky-kid.com. Look us up on Facebook, uh, Tricky Kid uh, Radio Podcast, or just type in Tricky Kid Radio. Type in DJ Tricky Kid. Look for all the gigs coming up because I'm going to be rocking some blocks coming up. The weather's going to get warmer. Uh, you'll be able to see me uh, in, coming up in Vegas uh, starting next week. I'll be speaking at the Internex Expo. Uh, I'll be doing DJ gigs all through uh, the AVN Expo at the Hard Rock Hotel uh, and Cafe. Uh, well, actually, no, Hard Rock Hotel uh, and Conference Center, I think that's what they call it there. Uh, and a lot more great stuff coming up. Uh, also, the NAM convention uh, at the Anaheim Convention Center uh, will be coming up. So, again, so look for, for DJ Tricky Kid from January 21st to the Janu- uh, uh, January, uh, excuse me, um, January 26th uh, in Las Vegas. And, again, in uh, at the Anaheim Convention Center all through through NAM during the weekend uh, of the 28th. Uh, so, again, uh, I'm your host, Roy Turner. For my co-host, the lovely and talented Ashlyn Starbuck, we thank you for joining us. We thank all of our guests this week, uh, and we'll see you next week.